0: Welcome to Chat Tsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chat Tsunami. I'm Satsunami and joining me in this journey to hell to fight all these demons is Oh, hold on, I'm getting a call. Mm-hmm. What do you mean we can't call them that? Well, it, that That's literally... Fine, okay. Joining me today to... Go to Mars to... Fight off the infected is Adam. Adam, well, welcome. Do you want to talk about the infected on Mars? Those damn
1: Mars infected. <laughs> How I I loathe them
0: Spoiling their intros
1: (laughs) Ruining everything as they always do
0: This is why I didn't get on that shuttle to Mars
1: (laughs) They should go back to that place That's often very fiery And got a big red man there
0: (laughs) Oh, you mean London? (laughs) Yeah
1: Ah, uh, humour. Anyway, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm not too bad. Thanks, good to be back as always, as we speed towards the big 100 as a, like a runaway train.
0: I can't believe this. I was saying this to you before we started recording, but yeah, this is the penultimate episode of season two. And it's amazing to think we've just blasted through so many episodes.
1: I know, it literally just seems like a couple weeks back that we started season two. And I'm like, wow, like 49, ep- 49 episodes have gone in between.
0: Yeah, because the first episode was... It was according- Neto trilogy, wasn't it?
1: My god, that seems so recent, but so long ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It honestly is like time flies when you're having fun. So, yeah, I thought we were having far too much fun, and I decided to really humble ourselves by watching the 2005 flick Doom crashing down to earth. Or Mars. Well, Mars, they, true,
1: good point, good point.
0: As they keep emphasising in this damn film. Before we jump into this episode, I have a very important question for you. What is your relationship with the Doom franchise? Because as we know, Doom is a very beloved and popular video game series that I think the last game came out in 26... Not 2016, 2018, I want 2020. to say. 2020? What, twenty twenty? I think
1: just, just before the pandemic, in memory serves. So it did, because it
0: came out at the exact same time as Animal Crossing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you remember all those you remember all the Doom Doom Slayer Isabel <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love this
0: stuff? Nothing says wholesome family entertainment than Isabel yelling into the depths of hell, <laughs> rip and tear, you know.
1: Well, it was a simpler time, two years nah,
0: ago. It was a different
1: time, <laughs> okay.
0: Well, <laughs> Doom Guy actually wore his helmet, he wore his mask, so you got to give him props for that, even <laughs> in hell. He was socially distancing. Well, oh, that's true. Well, sorry, let me rephrase that. He was socially distancing demons from their own torsos, <laughs> but that's another thing. <laughs>
1: No, I've I've um well I've played every every mainline Doom game, which I think they've only had mainline games. I don't think there's been any kind of spin-offs. But no, I've played them. I mean, I came my first Doom game was Doom three, which I played a couple years after it was released. I think like two thousand eight or something is when I played it, and then later on, probably nearly a decade later, I kind of got into the older ones like Doom one and Doom two, and then you know the more recent entries as we say like twenty sixteen Doom and then Doom Eternal. So yeah, no, like I I've I've played all the games. I really like the vast majority of Doom games. Yeah, I. I really like it as a franchise. What about yourself?
0: Doom is one of these franchises that I knew of, a bit like Duke Nukem, but I wasn't really allowed to play those kind of games when I was a kid. You know what it's like when you were younger and you saw other people in school playing GTA or Duke Nukem, for example, and you wanted to play those kind of games? Well, before you knew, like, Duke Nukem was a hot mess. But anyway, so that's that's another episode for another
1: time. Please don't make me do a Duke Nukem episode.
0: (laughs) Oh, don't worry. I'll leave that for the fans. If you dial in now, you two can get. No, no. It. <laughs> do a Juke
1: Nukem episode. I know it.
0: That's the first episode of season three. We're doing the Juke Nukem month.
1: You know, baby. <laughs>
0: Blow it out your ass. Although, actually, fun story about that. I always remember. I went into my brother's room one day when he was playing the N sixty four, and he had a copy of. I think it was Duke Nukem 64, is that right?
1: Yeah, it like, I think it, yeah, it was like the 64 version of the Duke Nukem 3D I think.
0: And I remember him playing it, looking back on it now, you know, the graphics are all pixelated and it's not as graphic as like games today, like for example, Doom 2016 to Eternal is nothing compared to that. But I always remember walking in the room and watching him play, you know, as brothers do, younger brothers looking at their older brothers being like, "Oh, we're playing this game, which I still blame him for getting me into Sonic. But yeah, I remember my Came in just as he was playing it, and she went ballistic. She was like, "What are you doing? You're showing your little brother this violent video game." <laughs> you honestly like can't imagine it nowadays. Kids seen that compared to something like Mortal Kombat or a Grand Theft Auto game, as you say. Exactly. Yeah, I wasn't really allowed to play those kind of games. Like I knew all of them, I just I never really got into them. I think the first time I actually ever played a Doom game was when I came to visit you one day, and you were having like a game day with a couple of friends and we played the, I think it was the
1: Doom multiplayer. Oh yeah for the first game. Yeah. I somehow picked a map that had no guns on it <laughs> nobody could find anything. I don't know how I did that but anyway.
0: It's like GoldenEye all over again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Slappers only.
0: <laughs> I had never played a Doom game before that and then the first time I properly went away and played it by myself was when I got into streaming and I played Doom 2016. I think I played it because I'd just reached affiliate at the time. I can't remember why, but there was a reason why I played it. It was like a kind of celebration stream. I like it well enough, but that's a story for another day. So my attachment to the series, other than seeing the odds advert for something like Doom 3 and the kind of creepy imagery for that, I'm not really attached to this series as much as yourself or other fans of the franchise. So when I ended up watching this film, I was a little bit detached. Like, I knew some of the references like the bfg some of the monsters that come into it but yeah other than that i didn't really know much about it what were your first impressions of this film so
1: i i first saw this film oh god like a long time probably over 10 over 10 years ago now i first saw this film i used to have a dvd copy of it so I, i definitely didn't see it when it came out but I must have seen it like maybe late two thousands. I want to say like maybe about the time that I played Doom three was maybe the time that I picked up the copy of it. And to be honest, I liked this film well enough. Like it was some, it was one that I would rewatch like occasionally. Like it's not something I'd have on repeat, but I would probably watch it more than some other things. I kind of liked it for what it was. But then again, I wasn't particularly a huge fan of the Doom franchise at that point. You know, I liked it for some of the action. I liked because it, it had the Rock in it, and I liked the action films, so it kind of fit the bill there. And then I I didn't watch it though for a long long time. This was the first. Time I've watched it in like oof, maybe ten years, maybe yeah, actually probably more than ten years actually. Uh, just over. So it was interesting to go back to it, you know, something that I've not watched in so long.
0: I am actually trying to think of when I watched this film for the first time because there was a period of time where I started watching like really bad sci-fi films. Usually it was like just to have a kind of background noise when I was like painting or doing something like that. It might have been one of those times I watched it. I remember I went To visit our mutual friend Craigie C., who used to run a bad movie night. Were you there that night? We watched him.
1: No, I wasn't because I was excited to see it again, but I don't think I could make that one, so I missed out, unfortunately.
0: Because I remember we watched it and it just came across as being quite boring. Because usually the sign of a good, bad film is one like you can riff on, you can talk about, and you know you can actually get some content and emotion out of but for doom it just kind of felt as if it was like oh god here we go again the same things over and over again it was just a boring experience like not the worst we've ever been through but certainly not not a great one but you know what i think that we have been holding this what's the portal called is it the ark <laughs> I was going say. We've been on standby to the Ark for a good while now, so will we just jump into this big CGI bubble?
1: I really don't. It looks like a, the worst way to travel ever, but if we must, let's do it.
0: Okay, so as we travel through the Ark and hope that our backsides don't go to Uranus, we got <laughs> wow. top quality humour on Chatsunami.
1: I can't argue with that. Like It works on so many levels.
0: Before we go into you know the ad break and everything, can I just say, there is actually a character that happens to but they don't make that joke i'm like come on if you're gonna commit to the silliness of this just say his ass went to uranus anyway i'm gonna move on before we get cancelled So yeah, let's jump into the arc and we will see you on mars Welcome to Chat a variety podcast that talks about topics from gaming and films to streaming in general interests.
1: Previously on Chat Tsunami, we discussed Game of the Decade, Deadly Premonition, The Romantic Thriller, Birdemic, and listen to us get all sappy as we discuss our top 5 Christmas films.
0: If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe,
1: stay awesome, and most importantly, stay
0: hydrated. We are Beer and Chill Podcast.
1: Podcast where we review TV shows, games, movies, and whatever else takes our fancy. So, what are you waiting for?
0: If you are a cool kid like us, you're gonna listen to the Beer and Chill Podcast. You can get it anywhere from Spotify all the way to your grandmother's radio. My name is Jan. And I'm Craigie C. And we are Beer and Chill.
1: Research facility. The final ten percent of the human genome has just been discovered, and with it, all hell has broken loose. Oh, oh, Jesus! Oh, never get used to that. Oh dear me! Got my I have my sick bag on standby.
0: Is that not just a sandwich bag?
1: No, oh, no, my lunch. <laughs>
0: let's jump into Doom 2005. I'm saying that because when I say Doom, people will be like, what, you mean the first game? You mean 2016? You mean Doom Eternal? No, no such luck. If you came on this episode thinking, oh, we're going to be talking about a good Doom game, I'm so sorry. I, I'm sorry that you had to listen to this, but now that you're here, why don't you make a cup of tea and suffer with us? So, Adam, best part of the episode, would you like to summarise this film?
1: Oh God, so the plot of Doom takes place in... Oh my God, is it like 2145? I was watching, I was looking at stuff about Doom Three as well, so I'm worried I've got my timelines mixed up now. But let's say 2145. So the, the the distant future. But anyway, in the future, on the planet of Mars, is an archaeological dig site run by a a large corporation called the UAC, United Aerospace corporation and as the film starts we see that things have gone quite badly at this dig site and some of the scientists are getting like picked off and one of them makes a desperate attempt to call for help before he's struck down so we then cut over to this elite military unit which i think is a marine recon unit of memory serves who are tasked with journeying to the mars facility recovering the scientists recovering uac property and protecting the facility and preventing anything from escaping from there so you know it's, it's a kind of stock military unit we have different people with a lot of different personalities. The two main ones being the Sarge, who's the unit's leader, played by The Rock, and Reaper, played by Carl Urban, who is kind of, I don't know if he's the second in command, but he almost seems like the second in command. He's a very reliable, trustworthy soldier who has a history with this particular dig site because that is where his parents died. His parents worked as scientists there. They were killed in an accident and his sister still works there. So he's not very keen to go back to the facility, but he does anyway. So the Marines journey there, they journey the facility, they transport themselves to Mars, and they begin to investigate what's happened and then they find out that this isn't no routine mission. You know, there's there's some serious stuff going down this facility and things really get off hand from there. Couldn't have said it better myself. You probably could have since I spent the first five minutes messing up the dates, but thank you.
0: Men go to Mars, shooty shooty, rooty tooty, no demons. Be more concise like you. <laughs> And if you want to buy our haiku book you can catch it on. No, not yet. One day. Not yet. As I was saying to you before we started recording, this film is a weird one because initially I came into this thinking oh, this is going to be like our Alone in the Dark review or the Super Mario Brothers film where it could come in and be like video game film bad, ha ha ha. But the more I looked into this film and the kind of influences that came from other media, especially Doom 3, because I had heard that Doom 3 was a huge departure from the previous Doom games, but I didn't realise, like, how much of a departure that
1: was. Certainly, tonally, it's very different. I mean, the gameplay is kind of similar. It's it's a bit more slower paced than a lot of the other, than most of the other Doom games. But still, it's very much like, it is kind of run and gun and you still get a veritable arsenal of weapons to mow down the legions of hell. So in terms of that, it it's still pretty much kind of sticks to the Doom format. But tonally, it's very different. It's mu- it much more went into the kind of horror, tension, suspense, that kind of vibe, rather than the kind of like over-the-top action, almost kind of a campiness that like the original two games had, and, and Doom 2016 and Eternal kind of returned to. Doom 3 is, is, is a big departure, and as you say, like being at the same time, this this film clearly took a lot of inspiration from that side of Doom, which, which makes it kind of stand out.
0: Yeah, I was really surprised at that, because I thought this was just going to be one of those films that decided to do its own thing, which don't get me wrong, it does do its own thing, but it did it in a way that it wasn't lifting any inspiration, but you can definitely tell that was lifting things from
1: Doom 3 which came out in correct me if I'm wrong but was it 2004? Yeah it was 2004 the year before it came out on PC and then there was a port for the original Xbox which might have come out in 2005 which a fun fact if you if you bought the DVD to Doom back in the day you could stick the disc into your Xbox and it had a demo for Doom 3. Oh that's cool. You know, I don't know I like as well it used to have a very fun feature which I, I re-watched again and, and had a lot of fun with where a guy told you how to play Doom 3 which is a really fun feature that you, you don't really see I don't I can't think of. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. But it was it was kind of fun, especially since one of his things was "don't be afraid to swear." That was one of his t- keys to success.
0: I bet you had a lot of angry parents that day. <laughs>
1: that's why that's why I played this at school away from parents.
0: <laughs> See one heck, and that's that. Taken off you for a month. <laughs> uh, all those carefree days, playing Shadow the Hedgehog on mute. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> seeing as this is quite a controversial film, not in the usual sense of it's controversial for anything serious, but seeing as it's not widely received very well, will we go into the positives first? Because I feel as if that list is probably shorter than the negatives.
1: I do think there are some good things to this. I mean, maybe as, as unpopular opinion that is, I, I, I think there are some redeeming features to this.
0: Yeah, I'll let you kick off with it. What is one of the things, or rather several things, that... That you find good with this film.
1: This may sound like I'm already grasping and reaching for straws here, but having watched a lot of other bad films of a much lower quality, you begin to appreciate a film that's competently shot. <laughs> <laughs> this film, at least, is that there's none of the crazy camera angles of Birdemic or anything like that, you know. So it's a well put together, it's a well made film, which I've begun to appreciate. As I've got older, I think as well. There's a decent cast to this film. You might argue it's a bit top heavy, and that I think there's like there's a lot of really like great actors at the top, and then you might argue it fizzles out below that. But I still think the cast overall is decent. I mean, we have The Rock, we've got Carl Urban, Rosamund Pike, Dexter Fletcher. Although I think those are probably the main four, unless I'm blanking on anybody else. But to have those four, you're off to really Good footing with your with your film. I wouldn't say there's any like horrific acting in this film. Like there's there's obviously layers. Some people are better than others, and some people aren't great actors. I would say, but I don't think there's anybody. that I'm just I'm not to be mean, but there's no there's no Tara Reid here. You know, there's no Tara Reid of Alone in the Dark here, or like any of the cast of Birdemic here. I think everybody is at the very least semi competent. You know, acting for me, the special effects are mostly okay. I think what well, a good thing is they seem to rely on quite a few like uh, a lot of prosthetics things like that rather than like an over reliance on CGI so I think that helps to regard there is still some kind of bad CGI in this but it's of its time so I'm kind of I'm not I can't get too mad about that to be honest like it doesn't really bother me it's just a product of its time but I think the fact that they relied quite a bit on more physical effects I think is good so I think they were fine I think the action scenes are, are passable in this film there's nothing that I, I think is a must watch I'm not going to tell you to run to YouTube and like watch this particular scene because there's nothing there's there's no like car chase and raid 2 or anything like that in this film but I think for the most I I think they're passable I think they're they're decent I didn't watch any. I was like oh god that's terrible or anything like that so those are the kind of the positives I would say I, I, I think it does those things well or like decent enough at least but what about yourself
0: yeah I would totally agree with that I do think that the actors are absolutely I don't want to say fantastic they do a good job in this film for what they're given although something that made me laugh is do you want to know a fun fact about Rosamund Pike in this oh, film always well apparently she did two films I think in the same year. She did this film, and she did Pride and Prejudice. Do you want to know what film she turned down?
1: Oh god, so of the same time?
0: Uh Uh-huh. In 2005, or round about that time. I'm
1: taking it's a big film.
0: It's a very big British film. Oh my god, a British film? I can't think. What was it? Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. No
1: way! Oh my god. Wow.
0: Yep, she was meant to be Rita Skeeter. Is that the journalist, sorry? Yeah, that's the journalist who was like... I mean... uh, She didn't really have that big of a role in the film. Like, she was there, but not, like, a huge, massive kind of role compared to the books. But even still, to pass up being in Harry Potter, can you imagine that? Just being like, nah, I'll I'll do Doom
1: instead. I want to fight the infected on Mars. I respect that. Yeah, (laughs) I'll take the small indie budget film... (laughs) This was not at all, bad.
0: I mean, she went back to better films, like, wait, let, let me look through my list, die another day, nope. I mean, she was a gone girl.
1: She's great, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, I she think. was. Nah, she actually was. That was a great film. She's a really good actor, I do. I do really like Rosamund. She just seem to have a bit of a unfortunate, like, Association with some not great films. I say early. I don't actually don't know when she began acting, so this might not be early into her career. But it's early when I first became aware of Rosamund Pike. certainly.
0: yeah, because Die Another Day was like 2002, mm. and then this is 2005. So not a great streak, of films.
1: I just like how she did this film, and did you say Pride and Prejudice? So yeah, and is that Jane Austen?
0: Yes, as far as I know. Yeah,
1: uh, I like that you have Jane Austen, and, you do Jane Austen and John Romero in one year. That's a good balance there.
0: When are we getting the Die Katana film? That's the real question.
1: Okay, you go go play the first level of that. I know that I've played it, but you go play the first level of that game and come back and tell me that you want to play more of it (laughs) and do an episode on it.
0: No, I'll I'll take your word for it. It's going to be a chat to shorts. That's all I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Unfulfilled potential. There we go. We'll be charitable.
0: But yeah, I think that the actors are relatively serviceable in this film. Like, I don't think anybody stands out as being terrible as you said. like There are one or two awkward moments for example, and again, I don't mean to put all the blame in Rosamund Pike because she does a good job, but there's like one particular scene where one of the soldiers is like hitting his head against like the it's a bulletproof glass or something I guess it's,
1: yeah, reinforced glass at least.
0: While he's doing that she keeps screaming every time he does that, and I don't think that's her fault, I think that's just like the script said okay, scream after every time he hits his head or something it's just it's a really weird choice, like, of direction there, but you know, you've got that, there's other characters as well that's a bit iffy, but we'll get into that. But, I mean, even with The Rock, he is, like, cheesy and hammy and over the top he is a ham and cheese toasty and this film, but my god do i love it
1: it's funny because he was apparently they apparently wanted him originally to play the role of reaper carl urban character but he he was drawn more to the sarge character and i can kind of see why because i i don't think there's any like amazing characters in this film but i think out of all of them i think the sarge is the most interesting and i think there's there's interesting things there I just don't think the film ever really takes advantage of it like especially towards the end I think we get to see a a much different side to the Sarge and this idea of like mission first and you know everything and that over any kind of morality I think is an interesting concept the film doesn't really do much with but I can see why he was more drawn to that character Are you
0: saying that his line at the very end is not one of the cinematic greats? Quite frankly my dear I don't give a damn this sounds like the start of a beautiful relationship, Semper Bye, motherfucker, are you saying that's not one of the greats?
1: It's one of my greats. That line has always—I've not seen this film in like I've not seen this film in over a decade, but that line has always stuck with me. Semper fi, motherfucker. We fall to the core.
0: How much fun does he have with that line, though?
1: He does. And like, I don't know why they, they I, I just imagine that scriptwriter wrote that to be this like great dramatic line that is supposed to reveal like the inner, you know, workings of the character, and then the Rock just has the most amount. It just has a ton of fun with it, and you know, just. Completely rex in the script right? i was like oh <laughs> my dreams <laughs> I'm glad
0: he did. I mean, the only other actor I would say was underutilised was probably Carl Urban. I've seen him in other roles, you know, like he's been in Dreads, and he literally wears a helmet throughout the entire film, but he's such a compelling character in that. Of course, he's in The Boys, he's in just so Lord many of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. As well. Also, yes, the Rohan guy. Yeah, 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 I'm a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings. Who's your favourite character? The Rohan guy.
1: Mr. Rohan.
0: Next to Mr. Ringbearer and and Kermit the Frog that follows them, you know. Yeah, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. (laughs) Uh -uh. Yeah, he is a fantastic actor and a do feel as if in some scenes he just falls into that stereotypical gruff soldier, which a lot of these characters are stereotypes, but I feel as if for him as well because he's like the main character, because that is something interesting about the film, especially for the promotional material of this film because if you look at the poster of Doom, it's not Carl Urban at the forefront, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is it not the rock that's like the poster child?
1: Well definitely the DVD I'm sure he's on the front but it's interesting because in the opening credits, it goes Amber Rock. Like, he's the last name to appear. I don't know, because I guess, obviously, the first name's big as well, but then you, you often feel like the last name as well is the big one. But I can't, I actually, I'm actually just trying to see if I can find the poster now. As you say, certainly I remember the... Well, I mean, yeah, look at the DVD cover. He's, like, right in the middle. <laughs> so I imagine the poster was pretty much the same.
0: Yeah, it's quite a strange one because you would think that he was the main character. And he is one of the main characters, but he's not THE main character. You know, he's not... Reaper. I, I nearly forgot his name because yeah we'll, we'll get onto that actually but yeah the other thing I want to point out as well that I thought was quite interesting and I think I pointed it out to you when we were actually watching this film but the fact that Rosamund Pike as well isn't a love interest in this one because I'm going to throw this out early but it's a early 2000s or mid 2000s film you know you could easily have this character as just the bumbling down or the love interest or something like that but right off the bat they say i mean technically i think they wait till the reveal quote-unquote but they say how she's carl urban's sister reaper that's the name i keep forgetting reaper <laughs>
1: let's call him
0: carl urban. urban yeah carl <laughs> reaper yeah so yeah carl urban and rosamund pike are siblings in this film and i don't know like it's not a massive thing it's not the kind of twist of the century or anything but i thought that was quite a neat Touch, you know, it's just something that they could have easily turned into, oh, I've got to get to Mars to save my wife or something, but nah, they went for the sister. I I don't know. I I just thought that was quite an interesting take on it.
1: It's a really good point. It's not something I'd actually considered, but like, you're completely right, especially if you do compare it to, you know, other films of the time and even up to now, it would have been so easy for you to see that character being something completely different. So you're completely right in pointing that out and saying that it is something that I think the the film should be like semi praised for in not going down. Down that route
0: speaking of going down a particular route while we talk about the negatives of this film.
1: i suppose i suppose it's probably only fair i mean <laughs> you can't talk about the, the good without the bad
0: you got your gopro on <laughs> I do indeed. Okay, we'll be back in 14 days, and then after that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> as we plan it for three months. I can't
0: believe that scene took 14 days.
1: As a technical feat, I think it's really impressive. In terms of what actually came out, I'm slightly less charitable towards it, but I do think it's like a technical achievement. It's, it's very impressive that they dedicated the time and the resources to that.
0: For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, there's a particular scene in Doom where they have like a first-person shoot-em-up scene as if it's like, oh look, it's just like the video game game oh boy i'm gonna get flack for this a bit like what the new halo series did and can i just say didn't age well then (laughs) (laughs) it certainly hasn't aged well now yeah fps scenes in video game films. Don't do it. <laughs> Just, this is my PSA, don't do
1: it. Just play the game. If, if that's really what you're if you're really wanting that first person action then the games are available to play. Do
0: you know, funny enough, when I put out on Twitter that we were going to review this film and do an episode on it, I got a recommendation from a fellow podcaster who was like, oh, if you want good first person action there's like a Korean film called I think it's The Villainess, and I don't know whether that's one of these films that... It's got, like, a weak plot, but, like, amazing action. A bit like The Raid or something like that. But now I'm getting recommendations for, like, Korean films now out of doom. So All because of this one scene. So, yeah, this is the rabbit hole that I've led my life through. Yeah, it's a strange one. Well will we just go on to, like, what we really think about this film? Get out the BFG.
1: nuke it from orbit. I don't know, for me, like, for me, I would divide my criticisms into two kind of broad categories one is looking at the film as an adaptation of doom we'll probably go into that you know in a lot more detail so i'll kind of put that to one side for now but looking at the kind of negatives of it as a film we kind of talked about it but the characters are so like they're such stock characters there's nobody really here with like a lot of depth or like is really that much of an interesting character they all kind of fit archetypes and they never really go beyond that so again you can't really you know get engaged with these characters because they are just they're just cardboard cutouts in many in many points there's also that thing of being an elite military unit which doesn't seem like an elite military unit because it contains people with tons of like flaws that seem and i get people everybody has flaws but these people seem to have flaws that are very bad in in combat situations not just for this film a lot of them always makes me laugh this is another point you pointed out as well i'll let you elaborate on it but the film does try to borrow it seems from a lot of other kind of action sci-fi films I don't think it does any <laughs> borrows any of those things and does them anywhere near as good as, as the originals there's two particular bits I'd like to two particular kind of specific details I'd really like to kind of rag on on this film the one is so there's a kind of as I said this it takes place in archaeological dig this film and they basically like one of the centerpiece things they've recovered is this skeletal remain of this uh, which which they've named Lucy and basically like it, it's a skeleton of this woman and her baby. They're trying to figure out what happened to this kind of ancient civilization whose ruins they've been sort of excavating on Mars. And, you know, they find that a lot and they're like, oh, they they have a, they have a 24th chromosome which basically made them superhuman. And it's like, oh, they'd conquered all disease and, and Rosamund Pike's is like, we're trying to figure out, we can't figure out what killed them and everything. And she, she's speaking to Carl Urban at this point. And she's going through and Rosamund Pike's like, maybe old age? And Carl Urban takes a look at, like, the skeletal remains of Lucy and is like, hey, you don't try and shield your baby from old age? And we get a look at Lucy, and it's just this, like, screaming woman <laughs> Like with her hands out, like trying to protect her baby. And I was like, I could have figured that out, that it probably wasn't old age. And she's like, No, old age, <laughs> stay away from my baby, don't take us. And it's like, I just, that makes me laugh because it's so stupid. And then the second bit is the nano walls. And so there's a big bit here where, because this is the future, you know, we have to have some kind of crazy scientific tech. So they have these things called nano walls that are basically they look like a wall when you see it, but you, you hit a button, it turns like translucent, and you can pass through it. And one of the one of the soldiers is a big thing, being like, he doesn't do nano walls, doesn't like going through them, and everything. And yeah, we we kind of see why later on but can i just say i think nano walls are one of the stupidest things i've ever seen in a sci-fi film i do not understand why you would need to make a nano wall we have a thing called a glass door you know and you can get reinforced glass and bulletproof glass why would you need a nano wall like if if, if anybody's developing nano walls right now stop i'll tell you right now that is the biggest waste of money i've ever heard of so that irritates me because i think the idea is stupid but what, what about you i'd say you as well this is not really a film for animal lovers so if, if you're an animal lover maybe maybe give this one a miss cuz yeah animals don't generally come out well in, in this film. But what about yourself? That's not I me, mean, what are the negatives?
0: Well, can I just say you explained your hatred of nano walls so much better than the actual character in this film <laughs> that hates nano walls? This is something I was ranting to you about, but there's a guy in the particular squad who's like, I hate nano walls. And he never elaborates. It's literally that meme of walks in, says some stupid shit, leaves without elaborating. And I was like, Why do you hate nano walls? And then there's a scene where the. I can't remember, it's like this infected. I was about to call him a zombie or a demon, God forbid. But there's a scene where he's running away from it and he jumps in and they close the nano wall. I know, it's so stupid. They close the nano wall and it freezes the thing in between the nano wall and the corridor outside, so it's frozen in place. And then the guy turns around and he goes, This is why I hate nano walls. It's like, That nano wall just saved your life, you ungrateful bitch. And, and I genuinely, unless I've missed a scene like any Doom 2005 enthusiast out there, if I've genuinely missed a critical piece of information there, please let me know because
1: <laughs> I just you really haven't.
0: Am I right in saying that that he never clarifies why he hates walls?
1: No, like I guess it's meant to be implied that I guess if you got tr- you could get trapped in them, which also another reason why nano walls are so stupid. I know you can maybe get trapped in a door as well, but no, like there's a bit as well later on which I'm going to go back in my nano wall rant here, but there's a bit later on, where they're like trying to close a nano wall to protect, like, stop all these, like, zombies getting through, and the nano wall breaks. And I'm like, oh no, the nano wall's broken. I'm like, oh man, what could have solved this? A door that you could just close with your and that would have solved all these problems but no, we're in the future. But no, you're completely right. Hey, so it's one of these things and you kind of think like, oh I bet he's going to go, like I was again, I had completely forgotten like what happened to this particular character so I was like, oh right, he's going to go through the nano wall at some point, something's going to be hiding because he can't see properly because your division's all distorted because it's not even properly translucent the nano wall because it's stupid. Like I thought, you're going to get killed there and that's where we're going to find he doesn't like nano walls. but as you say, like, his life is saved by a nanowall so, <laughs> come on dude, gratitude.
0: I don't get it, I just, it, it just seems like a weird scene. But going back to something you brought up there about the characters, these characters genuinely do feel like they're just stopped soldier characters out of, like, an 80s action film. You know, like, your Predator, your Aliens, things like that. And I don't mean that as, like, an insult to, like, Aliens, Predator, that kind of thing, but what I mean is, you know what I mean if you watch these films and you get these stereotypes of, I'm the buff one who doesn't think situations through. Oh, look at me, I'm the religious one. Oh, look at me, I'm the pervert. Yeah, he's just a straight... Literally, they get to Mars and he's like... Oh ladies, I got the strip there too, and you're like, oh, why? And then when he's talking about his leave, he's like, Oh, I'm going away with just me, a hotel room, a bottle of like dunno, he said bourbon or some some alcohol. He says and three lady boys, I'm like, What why are you starting a doom film with these characters? What why? What am I supposed to feel like? Oh no, not Portman. See he's not even one of the first characters to die off. The whole point of a character like that is make him as unlikable as possible, then kill him off. But no, he like survives to nearly the end, I think.
1: Yeah, he's certainly in the mid-range. Can I just say as well, I love how Dexter Fletcher's character, like Pinky, watches Portman clearly getting like attacked by a demon by a, a demon or whatever. Or sorry, not an infected. And just like, like hmm <laughs> just laugh. And then somebody's like, have you seen Portman? He's like, No, I can't see Portman. I'm like, wow. I mean I know he's not a great character, but still come on, dude.
0: <laughs> I did laugh at that as well. I thought that's amazing. Yeah, can we talk about Pinky, quote unquote?
1: Yeah, let's go for it. In
0: the games, Pinky is like a n- for these like huge bulky creatures that charge at you and you can't shoot them from the front so you have to like dive out the way and you see like they've got a small tail and you shoot them from the back like I'm honestly terrible description but seriously go google it to see what I mean but then and is it right to say that Doom 3 was the one that they tried to reinvent Pinky?
1: Yeah they kind of they did change most of the enemies most of the enemies from the classic games but the Pinky demon was the one that certainly I think got the most radical revamp it's the one that if you looked at the pictures together you i don't think you'd be able to tell they were supposed to be the same monster because it hasn't the the pinky demons of the original doom games and then of like the 2016 and eternal like have horns they're they're bipedal and they like you know they stand on two legs and they've got like arms they've got a tail as you say and then they've got like horns the pinky demon on doom 3 and this film has no horn it looks like it almost has like the alien head from, like, the, the alien films, and then it has a robotic wheels at the back, um, which makes sense in this film. We, we, we understand why, you know, once you watch the film, why it has that particular one, but I don't think it's ever explained in Doom Free why they they have that particular makeup, but yeah, it was a strange one. Do you know
0: what it reminds me of? Have you ever seen that picture online where it's the blobfish?
1: Oh, God, yeah, it is very... That's a good comparison.
0: That's exactly what it is. Just look up a blobfish. Um, I don't know if that's the scientific name, but yeah, just look it up. It's, um... Is something Pinky in this film is definitely something, but the other characters again, they're all like very stereotypical. You've got the religious character who, and this really you made a very good point here saying that they're not good soldiers because you've got a religious character who is very devout, and having like a religious character is a new thing in these kind of films. But whenever this particular character, I think his name's Goat, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's Goat,
0: he ends up taking the Lord's name and Vain, he says, Oh, god damn it, or something, and he says, I've taken the Lord's name in vain. And he starts carving a cross into his arm, and it's like putting your hand up in orientation like, should we be sending soldiers who self-arm themselves into these like combat zones? (laughs) Like, I I don't mean like he's doing it out of any PTSD or anything, like, this just seems to be a regular thing for him. He's just like, Oh, I'm gonna carve a cross in my arm. It's like, this seems like a very poor tactical team that you want rescuing you because I mean, you've got him, you've got the You've got the... I can't remember the other guy, the one who flirts with Rosamund Pike.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I've actually forgotten his name. That's terrible. I know who you mean, though, but I've actually... What is his name?
0: That is honestly the bad thing about this film, because genuinely, I was having like a really bad time trying to remember them, because I was remembering them for the kind of stereotypes mm. that they came with. Like, oh, the religious one, the pervert, Car Orban... <laughs> The Rock, the two other guy, the one who plays, oh it's not a Game Boy, but you know the, he plays um,
1: yeah, whatever, like something He's you know, pre-Game Boy type, you know
0: and then you've got the other one who's like the charismatic one who, I have to admit, out of all of them, I did like him the most well other than The Rock obviously, but out of the squad, the one who's, like there's a particular scene where he's talking to Carl Orban and he's like, damn, how'd you let a fine piece of us like that, get away and then he kind of grumbles and he goes, oh, she She's my sister, and he's like, ooh, no shit. It's like, Jesus Christ, it's just dripping in, like, mid-2000s dialogue, but I thought, okay, that got a chuckle out of me. But other than that, for a film like this, you would expect something like, and again, not every film has to be the Raid, but you know that way where you have to have, like, a small, core cast that kind of travel through together? I feel as if they split them off far too much in this film. You know, there's, like, literally a scene where they try to shoot up a monkey, because it's like in the rafters and you're like oh okay and then there's like another scene where they chase something down the corridor but they lose it or something and there's like the action music is like do 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 and then they shoot the guy and it's like oh okay that was it like very anticlimactic but yeah what did you think of that?
1: Yeah it's that thing like if you're going to if you want us to invest in characters and kind of keep track you have to give us reasons to invest in these characters and I don't think outside of like The Rock and Carl Urban who because they get all the screen. Uh, screen time they're the only ones that we might semi-invest in either you said you're going to have to build up these characters and flesh them out or else you're going to have to do what films like Aliens and The Raid do where you have a large kind of unit or squad going in they basically all get killed early on so we don't have to worry about you know getting invested and keeping track of characters because it becomes you're right it becomes difficult to remember who's where and who's who you know at points because they are split up and this film is very dark like and I I mean that in terms of lighting it's kind of difficult sometimes to instantly tell who characters are at glancing like who's with who again? Where are they in this facility, and what's we? What are they doing again? On that level, it, I totally get it, it fails, and it, it, they're not memorable characters, really. You know, outside of their quirks. You said you remember Goat cutting himself, and you remember Portman for dying on the toilet and being a creep and things like that. But it said the film doesn't give you a reason to really care about the bulk of these characters, and even even the ones that it tries to, you don't really care that much about because they're not they're just stock characters.
0: I decided, just as you were talking there, sorry, to look up the names of these characters. There is Duke and. Destroyer, but then there's also another character that I completely forgot about called Mac. Poor <laughs> I feel bad because he really doesn't get a lot to do like he stays with Pinky now I remember he's like tasked to protect Pinky is he not yeah and like kind of protect the Ark and everything and I don't know would you say that see if this was like a smaller team of I don't know even five people would you say it would have been a bit better
1: I definitely I, I probably would have put it down to what's the um, I'm trying to think of like I'm, I'm going to use aliens as the reference here how many people end up because so, obviously it's a relatively big it's a bigger squad that goes in the start of the film, but then they all kind of spoilers for aliens here. But most of them get taken out like fairly early on, so you're left with is it six altogether? I mean, but that includes people like that includes Ripley as well, who's, who's a well established character. So, you know, you, you, at the very least, the audience have some built up if they've seen the first film, you know, have some built up attachment to her character. But I think it's like is it like four soldiers maybe who survive?
0: Something like that. It's quite a low number, yeah, yeah.
1: So, I think a number like that, like four or five, I think five, you're right, would be a maximum. Because this film isn't that long either, so in the day, like, it's trying to also build up the story of what's happened on Mars and like, what are these like creatures and what was the what were the archaeologists and UAC doing? There's a lot of different threads with a relatively like was it like an hour forty or something like that? I think maybe the film, maybe even less about that runtime. There's just not enough time to flesh these characters out. So if you if you really want to do that, you've got to make it a smaller amount. And even I think with five, you'd still be struggling, but you'd be in a better shape to do it. I mean, it's different. As well, because the Doom games are basically solo characters. You know, they like Doom Marine, Doom Guy, Doom Slayer, whatever you want to call them, is like basically a lone protagonist throughout all like the majority of the games. And even in Doom Three, where it's not the Doom Marine, it's a, it's a new character because that game was like a reboot. And I don't think it really fits into the chronology. I think some people have tried to put it into the main chronology, but let's just say for argument, it's just a separate thing that doesn't. It was an attempted reboot that's been like that timeline's been forgotten. Now even that character is like he's a new Marine who arrives at the the Mars facility. In, in the game. He's on his own, basically, the whole game. That's what the Doom games are, so already trying to put a team, you're kind of going against what the games are.
0: Can I just say, see, despite looking up all those characters and saying, oh, we forgot about Duke, Destroyer, and um, Mac, I also forgot about another one, the kid. The
1: kid, yeah. The most incompetent of the squad.
0: But that's the thing, though. It's almost as if they want as many stereotypes in. And, and usually for a film like this, like, I, I just double checked as well the runtime, this isn't our. 53. Oh wow. And I, I I don't know if they're looking to do like a kind of aliens, predator kind of thing where they want to kill them off one by one, but they take their sweet damn time with it. Let's just say they really do. You're just lying. there thinking, okay, when's this character going to die? When's this character going to die? You're like, oh, here we go, here we go. It's just it's, it's a slog at times when they talk about the lore and this ancient civilization and you're like, what, you mean demons from hell? Of course they're ancient. No, 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 no infected aliens, and you're like... Okay, let's go through this again and try and pretend we care about this lore. And then Carl Urban gets superpowers, whereas The Rock, uh, as we said, Semperfy, brother truckers, <laughs> he jumps down and he's like, oh, let's fight. And you're like, okay, fair enough. If this will end the film sooner, then fair enough. But I honestly wouldn't say, though, that this film is entirely without good things. It's a film that definitely suffers both hosing up, like the name of of Doom, as well as having the, all these like stereotypical characters, quite a poor script and things like that. But here's a question. Here's the big question that you and I were discussing before. Do you think this film would have been better as just a film at its own right without the doom name
1: I think undoubtedly kind of agree with you I think as i said I think this is like a below average serviceable action film by itself so i'd probably give it like a, a four out of 10 or something like that if it was just on that regard but the fact that it's tied to the doom name really drags it down because honestly if you take this film and compare it to basically most of the games in the doom Canon like the the 90s game the 2010 the game of the 2010s 2020s there's nothing here I mean the bfgs there some of the Monster designs are similar, also on Mars that's really the uAC that's really all there is tonally it's completely different to what those games are. The Doomslayer is nowhere in sight. It's, it's just completely so we can't really compare them. And if, if we're comparing it to that, then this is this is an absolute failure as an adaptation. However, you know, as we said, this came out at the same time as Doom 3, and it's what this game sorry, what this film was kind of modeled on. As an adaptation of Doom 3, it's a lot better. And personally, I think if you're going to make like if you're wanting to adapt one of the Doom games, I think Doom 3 is really the only one. I just don't think the early Doom games or the kind of later ones work. Mostly because I think the character the Doom Slayer is just is not made for film. It's made for a game. That's what that character. Characters made for, but Doom 3 was a game that had a lot more emphasis on narrative, a lot more cutscenes, you know, kind of fleshed out characters. So it's one that would work if you wanted to adapt it into a film. This game takes elements of it. I think it would have been better if it followed more closely to the Doom 3 storyline. You know, there is some things there, you know, like some of the monster designs are quite similar, as we've said. There's the weapons that they, they kind of get the atmosphere. One thing Doom 3 was known for was like low lighting and dark because the flashlight was a big part of the original game. The film kind of plays on that a bit. There's a in the sewers where Goat's character's flashlight goes out and that, that feels very much like something inspired by the game Doom 3 but even, even as an adaptation of Doom 3 it, it fails I mean and the, and forgive the pun here but the biggest sin of this is the fact that there's no mention of hell there's no mention at all that and we joked you joked about it in the beginning there's no mention that these are demons the only time hell is mentioned is when I think when Carl Urban's like go to hell to the rock at the end and that is that's a core element of every single Doom game even Doom 3 you went to hell and it was clear that there was like a hell gate that was being opened and these demons are pouring for him not to have that. I don't know why the decision was made not to do that, but it just suffers. It makes it a terrible adaptation for that. As well, like, there's the BFG, but none of the other weapons are used, you know, the, none of the other weapons have any kind of relation to the Doom weapons. There's a chainsaw at one point, I guess, so you've got that at least. The armor looks completely different. They're wearing they're wearing very much kind of black sort of like stereotypical military uniforms while the Doom armor is, is known for being like green, you know, kind of more brighter colors and more bulky. The monsters, there's a couple of monsters there, like the pinky demon, the imps, the zombies there's a hell knight No one don't really act like, the imps are in the Doom games are known for like darting around and throwing fireballs, like in this game they're like bigger zombies that just like lunge and like, charge at people and try and like you know infect them whatever, and again we don't get any of there's nothing like, there's no lost souls there's no cacodemons, there's none of these other like great monsters that are in the Doom series it just really fails as an adaptation for me as much as it borrows some surface level elements from the kind of game series and especially from Doom 3, and it borrows a bit of the tone of Doom 3 like it doesn't it it completely fails to get any of the kind of core aspects of either Doom 3 or the series and just the fact that it has this name of Doom and it's tied to the series really brings it down I said if if I was rating it a 4 out of 10 as like a film by itself it goes down to at least a 3 just because it's so tied to Doom game because it's, it's a bad adaptation
0: It's quite an interesting thing though because this is relating to another film that we've talked about on this podcast Starship Troopers which apparently that started out quite similar where it actually wasn't going to be Starship Troopers there was going to be like I can't even remember the name but it was something very generic where they attacked a bug planet and there was going to be all of that and then eventually they got the rights to Starship Troopers and they made it their own thing and don't get me wrong although that has its own controversies and things like that around the book and the source material at least that kind of made something that was very impactful it's memed upon you know it's like it's something that people remember But with Doom, it's almost the complete opposite of that. It's like something that went right into Doom to be like, oh, we are Doom. We've got the BFG and we've got not demons. We've got the hell... What's it called? The Hell Knight? Yeah,
1: it's a Hell Knight, which is like the really big one. You know, the one that like destroyer fights in the um, prison bit.
0: Yeah, you've got them. You've got, I mean, Pinky at a stretch, let's face it. Yeah, you've not really got many other... Like, as you said, they completely changed it from demons to... Infected, and I don't know why. Did Did you come across a reason why they did this kind of thing, or
1: I can't see a reason why. I mean, I did I did read something just there talking about the the original script had some more of the monsters, things like the Cacodemon, uh, which is the floating monster, the big kind of floating ball that has like one eye. If you If you know that monster is quite a famous one from the Doom games, it originally had the script had monsters like that, but they were cut for like budgetary and time reasons, which I can I can I can understand that in fairness. I know some of these monsters are really more difficult to create, and they might have with the effects. Of t- 2005, they might end up looking really bad. So, you know, I suppose there is that. But to ask you a first question, I don't get why, and I can't see any reason why this was changed to be. But because I'm trying to think, but two, 2005 had that film Constantine, which took a large part of that took place in hell, from what I recall. At least it was heaven and hell were big parts of that film. So it wasn't like it wasn't like this was like unexplored territory in 2005. We had Rosemary's Baby 30 years before. I don't get why these felt that this didn't have this, which is such a core element. It's one of the things you think of. You always think of like the legions of hell and go to hell in these doom games because that was such a core part of it not to have that i think is the biggest failing of this as an adaptation i can see no reason why they did it maybe budgetary reasons maybe they thought creating hell environments would be too difficult too expensive not enough time and again. I can sympathise with that, but it doesn't take away the fact that that makes it fail as an adaptation.
0: Maybe, and this is me purely speculating here, but maybe it was to make it more palatable for audiences, perhaps. Like, selling hell to audiences that is not a horror film, but then again, as you said, Constantine came out at the exact same time, so it's like if that film's selling and Doom is... Do you know what it reminds me of? It's like, if you brought out a bit of the exorcist but instead of having demons and things like that you had like zombies
1: Mm, exactly you
0: know it's like oh no my daughter's a zombie instead of being possessed and you'd be like well you're kind of missing the point
1: you like my daughter was injected with a a scientific serum and now she's become a zombie it's like well no it's not no (laughs) that's not what the exorcist was
0: and i mean look at my hamster it died of old age and you just see it like with the twisted face
1: (laughs) Although I'll open this nano wall to get to my kitchen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there, there doesn't seem to be a core reason as far as I know. I mean, if anybody's listening to this episode and you know the reason, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know because I don't want to be like, oh, this film's terrible because they did not have the demons and things because don't get me wrong, it's a massive failing on the creator's part that they didn't include demons and things like that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not pro hell in films or anything like that. But when you have such a core concept like that, and you don't include it in your film I, I don't get it I really don't so honestly if you know the reason and you listen to this please feel free to reach out to us and let us know because I know there are people who are fans of this film and to get some kind of enjoyment to it so I'm not saying like oh people who like this film should be ashamed or anything absolutely not if you enjoy this film all power to you but there are questionable things I'm not gonna lie <laughs> there are some moments where you're just like why did they do this why did they do that but to Kind of wrap up. Do you have any final thoughts, Adam?
1: I almost, I kind of look at this film in 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 two ways. Like I look at it as a film by itself, and I look at it as an adaptation. And as I said, like looking at it as a film, I don't think it. I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's wholly unredeemable. There's good stuff in here, and there's stuff that I think there's stuff that's not great, but it's not terrible. That's why I said, like, I think it's just a slightly below average, serviceable film. And I think you can, I can understand people watching this and getting enjoyment because I used to get like a level of enjoyment out of this when I was younger. It wasn't my favorite film by any stretch, but I used to enjoy you know rewatching it at points and everything so i can completely understand that and like i think as well perhaps if you're not as invested or as interested in the doom kind of game series then it, it probably helps to be honest i think it, it's as i became a bigger fan of the games that i can't watch this now and not move that part you know and I, I look at it and i'm like oh this it's just not it's not a good adaptation that's the comes that's the thing with being a, a fan of something you know, like that but as an adaptation it's, it's not good it's bad i think it i think it's one of the worst game adaptations purely for that respect but if we were to compare To a film that we looked at a while back and the Lone in the Dark. Doom, I think, is a I think it's an okay film by itself. I think it's being an adaptation is what really hurts it. While with something like Lone in the Dark, I don't personally think that was a good film to begin with. But it doesn't matter if it was trying to be an adaptation of Lone in the Dark game. Take that out. It's still a bad film in my eyes. While with Doom, I think if you did strip away the Doom stuff and made it something called it something else, kept that same plot, I think it's fine. I think it's serviceable. Like I said, not great, but I've seen a lot worse. So it's just a shame that being an adaptation I think is what really like for me personally what really just brings this film down and sours it
0: It is a shame though because as we established before the film does have the star power there and for the most part the core circle with like Carl Urban, The Rock, Rosamund Pike are there any other famous actors on first forgetting? which
1: maybe the other one I would probably the other one I would say.
0: They're the ones who definitely you can tell that they bring I, I don't want to say like oh they bring like a certain thing to elevate the film because there's only so much you can do with a script like this. There's certain moments with Carl Urban where it will say certain lines and you kind of look and think, why wasn't he smirking or being like, oh yeah, (laughs) infected people on Mars, you know. It's not the best, I will say. It's not the best but I can see why some people enjoy this, even if it's a guilty pleasure, even if you think nobody else loves this film but I do. I mean, that's fine. All I'll say is at least it's not a V. Bull film if it's a V. Bull film yeah you would have an awkward talk with your parents I would say
1: believe it or not I don't think this is even the worst Doom film there, there was another one released 2019 I've not seen it but from what I understand it may be worse <laughs> See,
0: I just learned that when I was looking up this film. I just learned that there was a second Doom film. I also learned that there was a, I think it was an Indian film called Doom 3, spelled (laughs) D-H-O-O-M 3 and I was like but why aren't we reviewing this film this looks great <laughs> but no we were stuck with The Rock and Carl Arbon and Rosamund Bay it's like oh great. you can see where they took the inspiration from and it's kind of a shame here's one final question for you though let's say they based this off like an earlier Doom game or Doom 3 was more like Doom 2016 or more like the originals do you think this film
1: would have came out better honestly no I think, I think it might have been- Worse. To me, those film, those, sorry, those uh, Doom games, I can't see how you would adapt them. The Doom Slayer, Doom Guy, whatever you want to call him, like, is one of my favourite video game characters, but, like, the guy barely utters anything other than rip and tear at points. Like, he's not a fleshed out character at all. And I know that action films have, have done that, but even, like, protagonists in action films have some level of development you can't do that with the Doomsayer because that would go against, the only thing he does is wants to kill demons, basically. That's what makes him a great character for a video game and stuff, you know, and he's one-dimensional in every way, but it, it works. Well, f- for me, it works anyway for the games. I just don't see how you translate that into a into a film, because then you'd have to start looking for other ways to, you know, to bring it up. And that, something like Doom Eternal, which tried to kind of flesh out a lot more lore, that wasn't some that, you know, I don't think anybody's favourite part of Doom, well, maybe it's somebody's, but generally I don't think people's favourite part of Doom Eternal is all always- the lore you know that's around that and so you'd have to try and do that i think for a film because I, it works as a game but i don't see how those especially as early games i have no idea like they you get like three paragraphs of text you know that's the story it's about the whole of like doom one and doom two so i they don't they wouldn't work as adaptations so i think it would be of anything worse it would be like i think it could end up being a really bad action film and you'd have to use a lot of cgi and we're talking 2005 standards i think it'd be a film that aged horribly <laughs> but by, by now so you know i as i said i think doom Three is the only game that that I think you could actually make a film adaptation of because there, there's a strong sort of narrative, not to say it's quality, but there's a strong narrative there with other characters as well you know and it's a much more because the character in doom 3 the main protagonist is like a a new marina stuff he's not the doom slayer you you could like flesh that character out a lot i just i don't see how you do the other doom games honestly
0: because initially i was thinking that if fans got what they wanted with the bfg firing more than twice and actually hitting something and you know no nano walls although am i right in saying there was a key card scene in this film
1: that's a good point is there a key card
0: Think I'm pretty sure at the very beginning the guy like brings out his key card and I thought, because that's what I want in a Doom adaptation, <laughs> the key cards.
1: That's too easy to find that key card as well. You need to you need to properly like scour the level to find it.
0: Exactly. If he was playing in baby mode, total <laughs> mods. If they did adapt the old games, then it might turn out a bit like what Super Mario Bros turned out like, mm. you know, because at the time, Super Mario Bros didn't have a rich and deep lore. You know, don't get me wrong, it doesn't really have a huge lore just now, but it has a bigger lore, and you know, it has more stories than it used to. So I don't know if Doom would have suffered the same. So I can see why they focus more on something like Doom 3 because, I mean, it's not officially confirmed, I don't think, but it's clear to see they took inspiration from Doom 3 out of all the games. Doom 3 was like one of the top ones That they said, yeah, we could take Pinky from this. We could take the kind of gritty action from it.
1: I think that's what they showed the kind of film producer executives, like the executives for the Universal. I think that's what they showed. They showed like some of Doom 3 as like a way to be like, would you want to like make a film based on this? And I said, like, I can see why because it is the one with the strongest narrative in that sense and the most like the easiest narrative to adapt into a film. While the other games to be just don't have that. They don't have that ready made kind of narrative that you could put into a film and flesh it out a little bit.
0: Would you say that Doom as and don't worry, this is the final final question, but would you say this ranks as like one of the worst video game adaptations
1: of all time? Sadly I think it I think it does have to be down at the bottom. Like you could argue like if we're if we if we're strictly looking at it as an adaptation. I don't think if we're looking at it as a film I I think there's a lot worse, but if we're looking at it strictly as an adaptation, it's it's down there with things like Super and I love the Super Mario Bros film, but it's a bad adaptation. There's no denying that. Alone in the Dark as well, obviously, is a terrible adaptation as well as a, a terrible film. Even films that I think aren't good, like the newer Tomb Raider films, or even Prince of Persia, things like that, I think they're better adaptations at the very least. I think they're stronger in that regard. I think it's it's not even so much that like it doesn't include some of the weapons and the monsters, it just doesn't really get the tone that much, and I think it's a shame because part of it is it was so tied to Doom 3, which is kind of the odd one out now in the Doom canon in that it's kind of as much as i think people have tried to put it into the chronology it's kind of been written out because doom 2016 kind of took off took over from doom 2 and kind of skipped doom 3 so it's just it's just a shame for that but it, yeah as an adaptation it's, it's near the bottom it's not good.
0: I would agree with that. I would say that it's definitely not the worst out there. As I've said many times on the podcast, U V Bull films exist. You've got all of the other terrible adaptations out there of video games. We have the Super Mario Brothers film, which, as you said, although you can get some kind of enjoyment out of it, you still have that issue of it not being a good adaptation. So it's just a shame that this film, as we said before, if this film was just its own separate thing, it would have just kind of quietly died out into mediocrity or obscurity and some people would bring it up and be like oh check out this funny film but because it's attached to the Doom name it's always going to live in infamy of what it is because it's carrying the branding of Doom and that is totally not like an invite for us to then move on to the (laughs) Halo TV series but I'm I'm sure we'll talk about that one day seems likely. (laughs) Jokes aside Adam thank you so much for yeah Enjoying this film again and reviewing it with me.
1: No, well, thank you thank you for reminding me of, of, of a, a memory from my past. As I said, it's been a long time since I'd seen this. I, it was interesting to go back to. You know, it didn't didn't hold up as well as, as I might have hoped. But you know what? It was interesting to go back to at least. So once again, my pleasure.
0: Well, if you enjoyed it, that's the main thing.
1: Maybe me want to go play some Doom. So at the very least, it, it did that, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a positive.
0: As always, thank you all so, so much for listening to this episode. If you want to catch more more of our content you can check us out on spotify itunes youtube and of course our pod page website under the name Chatsunami. so just look for the red panda and we will see you there but until then thank you for listening and yeah next week we are going to be doing our 100th episode of the podcast adam are you excited
1: i am very excited once again i can't believe we're at the big 100 so as i said like as i joked uh, well i said as i joked also seriously stated a few episodes ago i Look forward to our letter from the Queen as we mark this is momentous milestone. But yeah, I'm very excited.
0: Honestly, I would just accept a marmalade sandwich from Paddington at this point.
1: <laughs> In fact, I think
0: I prefer that. <laughs>
1: Certainly yeah,
0: I, I can I can see why. Hopefully it doesn't get posted to us. That's all I'm saying. Because yeah, it's either gonna get eaten by a hungry mailman man or it's just gonna go off so
1: oh, the disgusting like sludge that comes through the letterbox. <laughs> oh god.
0: <laughs> see, it's Art? not even wrapped oh. up. <laughs> Those damn kids again. <laughs> They're marble sandwiches. But as always guys, we will see you next week for the hundredth episode. But until then, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated.